With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle. Good morning, Arusta County and Maine State. This is the Arusta Watch and Radio Show, coming to you live on the Constitutional Radio Network, Conscience of Maine, coming to you live on WXME Superstation 780 AM out of Monticello and around the state. We are on our little microtransmitter network, and we are live-streamed around the world on this crazy thing, the Internet, you know, the little thing that Al Gore developed and uh, <clears throat> sure. Anyway, nice to be with you this morning. It's a little overcast in the county, but it's been a beautiful spring. It's really gotten to be spring. The uh, black flies are not out yet. A few mosquitoes, so if you're going to come visit, now's the time before the black flies are big enough to uh, saddle. Welcome again to the Heuristic Watchman Radio Show on the Constitutional Radio Network. We're going to start, as is our custom, with, let me get a light here so I can see a little bit better. The old man can't see so good these days. Matthew 12, 33. Make either the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Hmm. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words will you be justified, and by your words will you be condemned. Very interesting. Um, That, in light of a letter from Benjamin Franklin. Now, remember, everybody says, oh, Benjamin Franklin, he was a deist. Really? He was a deist. Well, by comparison, and we're not supposed to compare necessarily, but by comparison, old Ben Franklin, as a deist back then, might be considered rather a radical member of the evangelical clergy today and not allowed in most mainline churches. Founding Father Benjamin Franklin wrote the following, I can only show my gratitude for these mercies from God by a readiness to help his other children and my brethren. For I do not think that thanks and compliments, though repeated weekly, can discharge our real obligations to each other, and much less those of our Creator. You'll see in this my notion of good works, that I am far from expecting to merit heaven by them. By heaven we understand a state of happiness, infinite in degree, and eternal in duration. I can do nothing to deserve such rewards. Interesting. The faith you mentioned has certainly its use in the world but I wish it were more productive of good works than I have generally seen. Uh, It seems to me, back in the early 1800s, there were a lot of good works. But by comparison, he was saying that there doesn't seem to be much. It's a good thing he can't see us today. I I think he'd slap us all upside the head. 
let's see, I mean good works, works of kindness, charity, mercy, and public spirit, not holiday-keeping, sermon reading, or hearing, or hearing, and hearing, and hearing, performing church ceremonies, or making long prayers filled with flatteries and compliments. The worship of God is a duty. The hearing and reading of sermons may be useful, but if men rest in hearing and praying, as too many do, it is if a tree should have value itself on being watered and putting forth leaves, though it never produce any fruit. Just thought that was an interesting uh, little tidbit from the flash from the past from old Ben Franklin. And that, in light of some of the things we will be discussing today, as in we need to be looking at what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, what will happen when it happens, how will you be prepared, will you be prepared, have you been thinking about it, and it's not just about how I can take care of me, it's about how we will work together to survive, whether, no matter what happens, you know, whether you think, whether you're, whatever scenario you're anticipating, whether it's uh, end times prophecy, or whether it's a cataclysmic natural event, or whether it's the uh, the martial law uh, revolution, uh, armed revolt, uh, wh- whatever it is, or isn't, how are you preparing for it? How are you thinking about it? And that's the idea. Actions, activities, not just platitudes and compliments. We need to be thinking about that. Okay, we'll get into that in a couple minutes. Let's do a couple announcements here. Let's see, there's some stuff coming up. Uh, Let's see if I can get back to it. Last-minute update on Common Core legislation next Monday. That's this coming Monday and Thursday. the, uh, all the bills no Common Core Maine has been supporting will be worked on in committee. Work sessions are different from public hearings. Yeah, as this is when the Education Committee is gathering pertinent information to determine their ultimate decision. Usually they ask for specific experts on any given topic. Okay, here's the problem. This stuff will come out. They're looking for a divided vote. They don't expect to win this in committee. But if they had a divided vote, it will go to the House floor to be voted on. And this is where many of us that have been involved in this, all these different issues really have a problem. Because if a bill comes out of committee unanimous, ought not to pass, or ought to pass, it generally doesn't even get a discussion on the floor. It goes right through. It goes under the gavel. Bang. Terrible. Terrible process. Terrible. It's uh, supposed to make government more efficient. But you know what happens when government becomes really efficient? It's called dictatorship. We do not want efficient government. You've got to get some smart people in there, quit loading them up with all these stupid, frivolous bills that are designed primarily to remove your freedoms because you are too stupid to be able to make decisions on your own. That's basically what it all comes down to. But some of these committee meetings, are this, uh, these working sessions are uh, happening Monday and Thursday. Um, there are some good bills in there that they're trying to, again, you know, it's a, we're, they're playing defense. I, I hate it, but I know that there's people active, and they have to do this. We have to be on the defensive but, folks, we need to learn how to take the offensive. We need to learn how to tell them, no, you cannot do that. It's not about what you're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. And we have to put in some some you-will-do-this directives rather than we're not going to let you do as much as you would like to do that's evil. You see the difference? Constantly on the defensive instead of pushing down those gates of hell. 
we need to be on the offensive. That's not, Mr. Tipping, that's not a call to arms yet. That's not a call to arms. We're not talking about storming the Bastille. We're talking about putting laws in, putting bills in that are meant to return us to our republic rather than defend us from the progressives. You see the difference? It's huge. We have to make them obey the law and not be defensive and trying to keep parts of their evil laws from going into effect. It's, it's a different concept. We're, we, on the, on the supposed right side of this, the supposed Christian side of this, the supposed freedom, liberty side of this, are always on the defensive because we don't want to be looked at as intolerant. You see, they've, they've, they've painted us into a corner. We painted ourselves into a corner. I just had this discussion yesterday. I will never, you will never see me on the street corner protesting abortion and protesting what's going on. I will be there demanding that your right to life be held untouchable. Right to life. You have a right to life. Not that we should pass laws that say that abortion is illegal. Why would you do that? Murder is illegal. There's people all over the place, good and bad, that are screaming bloody murder because they see something happen to uh, somebody mistreats an animal. Not a word, or not much of a word, about a baby being dismembered, burnt with saline, and sucked apart with a vacuum hose. Let's just stand up for the right to life. Life. Stand up for the right, the correct, the good, instead of defending against the evil. We have to be proactive, folks. And that's where we've fallen down. The church has been proactive in getting laws passed. Really? We don't need more laws. We need more moral people being standing up and saying, no, we will not let you do this. Yes, we will provide liberty. Yes, we will support freedom. Instead, we're trying to get all the different groups to call the, call the, the legislators and, and get something passed. You want to have a defensive marriage? Stay married. You want to have a defensive freedom? Stay free. It's really that simple. It doesn't have you don't you don't need to have a law, a defensive marriage law, if people defended marriage. Why would you have to have a law to do that? But our our politically correct church will defend that, but not defend your rights on a base level. Anyway, so that's going on Monday and Thursday on Common Core. It would be good to be there. And uh, it's also really good to uh, to show up. They uh, they notice when the halls get full of people. So those are the things, some of the things that are coming up. And uh, let's see, what else is coming up? There is a... Press conference going on Wednesday in the Hall of Flags in Augusta on the Stop the Constitutional Convention issue. That will be presented by our friend Hal Shirtliff and probably Dan McGonagill. So if you can are in the area and can support that, it would be a good idea. There's also a Tea Party Patriots uh, get-together on May 21st, 6 p.m., Howard Middle School Cafeteria in uh, Belfast. So if you can get to that, you would enjoy it. It would be good to, uh, again, rub shoulders with like-minded folks. So, Okay, let's see. 
off to the uh, off to the races here. Idaho. You're not going to believe this. This is disgusting. Idaho. But again, back to the original concept. We've got to talk about this. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, city officials have laid down the law to Christian pastors within their community. Who do they think they are telling Christian pastors what they can and cannot say? Oh, did we tell you this was coming? Hmm? I wonder. I wonder. This is from last year. City officials have laid down the law to Christian pastors within their community telling them bluntly via an ordinance that if they refuse to marry homosexuals, they will face jail time and fines. Hmm, this dictate comes on the heels of a legal battle with Donald and Evelyn Knapp, ordained ministers who own the hitching post, and this dumb thing went nuts on me again. Why did it do that? There we go. The hitching post wedding chapel in the city. But... They oppose gay marriage. Well, two things here. We'll go down and give you some of the details on this. And then a rebuttal, kind of, from uh, David Shane, the editor at Port Fairfield Journal. A federal judge recently ruled that the state's ban on gay marriage was unconstitutional. While the city of Coeur d'Alene has an ordinance that prevents discrimination based on sexual preference, the Supreme Court's recent refusal to take on gay rights appeals from the five states has opened the door for same-sex marriage to go forth. The Naps were just asked by a gay couple to perform their wedding ceremony. Okay, why didn't, why didn't they get smart? Why don't they get smart? On Friday, a same-sex couple asked to be married by the Naps the Naps politely declined. The Naps now face a 180-day jail term and a $1,000 fine for each day they declined to celebrate the same-sex wedding. What's the other side of this? What's the other dimension of this? The Alliance Defense Freedom has filed a suit in federal court to stop the city from enforcing the fine and jail time, blah, 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 blah. Many have denied that pastors would ever be forced to perform ceremonies that are completely at odds with their faith. But that's what's happening here. Uh, No kidding. No kidding. Instead, let me give you a a little different take on this. Okay? Just a little different take on this. What would have happened that instead of saying, no, even politely, no, we're, we're not going to do that. Why didn't they just say, but of course, we will have your ceremony and just start from the beginning and have the courage to use the scriptures that speak of marriage. If they want a church wedding, if they want a Christian wedding, then we'll use that Christian book and we'll read the the scriptures that they want that endorses their lifestyle, and we'll just use that and go ahead and perform the ceremony. They would run. Instead, we take this defensive mode instead of taking the proactive mode. The other question is, If they don't like marriage licenses for same-sex couples, why do they like marriage licenses for opposite-sex couples? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe we should have thought about this in the licensing process. Maybe the problem isn't really what they're doing but what we've allowed to happen for all these years. Think about it. Well, what do you think? Let's, uh, here's, um, where is it here? I got it right here in front of me someplace. Oh, yeah. Now, Dave can put it better than me. If those pastors are marrying people with a state-sanctioned marriage license, they were okay with that. 
especially because the wedding chapel makes money on it, folks. Come on. Then that is where they are stuck, having to marry homosexuals. Nothing in the Christian Bible requires man and woman to be married under the auspices of the state via a license. So by signing onto that man-made system, pastors have to follow its rules or go back to marrying people without a government permission slip the way Christians used to be married prior to about 1913. Isn't it interesting that that 1913 date comes up an awful lot, doesn't it? 1913. 1913. Oh, yeah. Federal Reserve, they changed our system, put us all into debt, and basically took over your dollars. Hmm. 1913. Interesting. Marriage. Under the state-created marriage license scheme is a man-made system and must not be confused with the marriage of the Bible. Two are separate and distinct. The former has government as its God and the latter God as its God. Very interesting, isn't it? Hmm. I'm sure there will be an article on that in the upcoming edition of the Fort Fairfield Journal, published by our friend Dave Deshane. You need to pick that up whenever you see a new copy. Uh, it's a weekly, published in Maine, in Aroostook County. You ought to get a copy of that every week. Two reasons. I buy it from, even though I get my own, I buy it from the little, the little uh, convenience stores, so that people, and I always tell the clerk that this is the only paper in Maine that's telling you the truth. Because most of the time, the clerk has never even seen it, though it's on the, the, uh, the rack in their, in their business. So I'm always doing that. Do it yourself. Uh, you can pick it up at Hannaford Brothers, Hannaford Shop and Save, whatever they call it, and many of the uh, convenience stores around the state. So do it. It shows them that it sells, helps Dave, keeps the paper going. You know, we're supposed to be helping each other to stay available to you. You know, that's how it works here. So, anyway, that's Dave's answer to this. And um, I don't, I've never seen it. So I, I apologize, Dave, but I've never had the time to do the Fort Fairfield Journal television thing. So that's out there, too. W ffjtv.com. Pretty cool. WFFJTV.com. Actually, I should do that. I can do that. I can do that. I am technically crippled. No. Anyway, uh, let's see. If I put that in there, it's in the chat room. Ah, I can do that. So now you guys in the chat room have it. By the way, the chat room is a cool place. If you've never done it, get into it. Talkshoe.com. T-A-L-K-S-H-O-E. Talkshoe.com. Uh, look for Rustic Watchman or just put in the uh, our little ID numbers. It's 52956. You can get right in there in the chat and uh, have a good time playing with that. Then talk to the other folks in there. And uh, we pass back and forth information. When I think of it, I stick it in there. <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, um, that's the uh, talkshoe.com. You can get right in there, participate in the conversation in the chat room. Or if you're so inclined... You can get right online and say, hello, good morning, Aristic Watchman, and uh, put your opinion in there, too. Don't forget, if you do that, you're welcome to do it. You're more than welcome to do it. Keep it clean, and uh, don't yell at me too loud. I have a mute button. Okay, let's get into some of the other stuff here. Let's see. Uh, in New Jersey, isn't this interesting? Amazing. New Jersey? Of all places. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance is said at schools across America every day, but a judge in New Jersey, after hearing the arguments made by angry atheists, had to decide if the words under God violated the constitutional rights of atheist students. In one local school district, the lawsuit filed by the American Humanist Association said the phrase promoted an environment of discrimination in class because it elevated religion and made the atheist students feel like second-class citizens. I wonder who told them that. I wonder what student was told that. 
why would why would a, a fourth or fifth or sixth grader think that because of that he was made to feel like a second class citizen? I'm sure no one influenced that decision, right? However, State Superior Court Judge David F. Bauman was not happy with these frivolous arguments. The judge upheld a New Jersey law that says pupils must recite the Pledge of Allegiance unless they have conscientious scruples, that's an interesting phrase, that do not allow it. And he quoted uh, Washington, Franklin, Eisenhower, and the New Jersey Constitution. Yeah, I'm impressed. As I'm impressed. As a matter of historical tradition, the words under God can no more be expunged from the national consciousness than the words in God we trust from every coin in the land than the words so help me God from every presidential oath since 1789 or than the prayer that has opened every congressional session of legislative business since 1787, Bauman wrote in his decision. I love it. I love it. Whether you like the pledge or not, the concept is important. The Pledge of Allegiance is the his, in this historical context is not to be viewed and has never been viewed as a religious exercise, Bauman wrote. Instead, the judge said it was meant to promote the core values of duty, honor, pride, and fidelity to country on which the social contract between the United States and its citizens is ultimately based. Yeah, very good. Good for him. Well done. Bauman said that the New Jersey Constitution included a reference to an almighty God. Yeah. Read the main Constitution, folks. It's great. Anyway, good for him. A judge actually ruled on the right side of the right side. Wow. Amazing. Judge. Hmm. A non-activist judge just actually ruling on our heritage. Yahoo. Judge David F. Bauman. B-A-U-M-A-N. Send him a letter. Hmm. Uh, and then there's this. Uh, this is a... I don't like the way this this headline is written. It's uh, It's deceptive. Mike Adams from the the, the Health Ranger from uh, National National News. Uh, they 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 hype it up, but this is a serious concern. The pop the the headline says depopulation test. Seventy five percent of children who receive vaccines in a Mexican town now dead or hospitalized. Well, it's a it's a very small number. So seventy five percent of a very small number isn't too many people, but it sounds terrible. However. The concept may be a lot more important than the headline. Despite the insidious attempts of the corporate-controlled U.S. media to censor the stories about the deadly side effects of vaccines, the truth keeps surfacing. The latest vaccine tragedy to strike has killed two babies in La Pimenta, Mexico, and sent 37 more to the hospital with serious reactions to toxic vaccine additives. 14 children are in serious condition, 22 are stable, and one is in critical condition. Ah, not good. What's especially alarming is that only 52 children were vaccinated in all, meaning 75% of those receiving the vaccines are now either dead or hospitalized. We've got to use a little bit of common sense here, folks. And we're fighting this in Maine. If you didn't know, you've got to pay attention. This is important. They are trying to make the vaccine opt-out. You're trying to remove your ability to opt-out for religious or philosophical reasons. We need to fight this. Again, we're back to, in the same situation, we're back to defending against the invasion of our freedoms instead of just making a stand and saying, no, when are we going to learn that whatever laws they pass, those are statutes. Those are just simple statutes. And they really, if they are unconstitutional, have no force. Even though they'll send the sheriff, he's wrong. And if one of you crazy lunatics takes a stand, 
you get the hammer. If a bunch of us crazy lunatics take the stand, they won't be able to deal with that. It's about the will of the people. If the will of the people isn't there, they're going to do whatever the heck they want. This is what we've been trying to talk about for six years on the show. Get involved. Take a stamp. My friend there, Michael Bednarik, if you haven't, I'll play that again one of these days. That uh, it's a five-minute little speech on I will not comply. When is it going to get to the point where you say, I, personally, I, me, will not comply? We need a mass of people that understand freedom, not the laws, not the, not the statutes, not the regulations, people that actually understand freedom. We'll be talking to folks. If you would like, I've kind of put together, we've done this in, in a symposium uh, setting, but if you would like to uh, have a conversation in your town or in your, in your local area, there are a bunch of us that would gladly come and have this conversation. We need to do it. We need to do it. Stuff's changing. You need to be prepared. We're going to get into that in a minute. But this whole thing on, on vaccine opt-out, you're, you're, they're taking it away from you. If you're not paying attention, you're going to lose even their way of not complying. They're, faking it, they're making it harder because we're not taking the stronger stand. We're always on the defense and stopping some of their incursions into our freedoms. Doesn't that tell you that our freedoms are being whittled away a little bit at a time? And it's been happening, as Franklin said in the beginning. See, it has been happening since then. Wakey, wakey, folks. Got to get, gotta get on this stuff. Uh, again, I'll quickly stick that, that uh, link into... Uh, there it is. That's the uh, natural news link in the chat room. Okay, get rid of that. Maybe my my stuff will work a little better. Okay, here we go. What's this one? Um, this is an interesting concept. See, people are waking up. Your your activities, our activities, the work that we've done, it is making a difference. It doesn't seem like it sometimes. It's depressing as heck, and it seems like you work and work and work and nothing ever changes. But occasionally there's a there's a good note. Texas Congressman Michael Burgess is among the most conservative members of Congress, but he called, let's see, let me do this right. In 2013, the American Conservative Union called him the top conservative in Congress. In 2011, he called for President Obama to be impeached. Oh, good guy. But Burgess also belongs to the Congressional Anti-Terrorism Caucus, and the House Tea Party Caucus, like most conservatives, Burgess voted to reauthorize the Patriot Act in 2011. What? He believed that its surveillance powers would only be used to surveil terrorists, calling other terrorists in foreign countries. However, Burgess' position changed when former National Security Agency contractor Edward Snowden Thank you, Mr. Snowden, revealed the existence of the NASA's metadata program, which collected phone information on Americans en masse without a warrant. Congressman Burgess spoke Tuesday in a meeting of the House Rules Committee on the USA Freedom Act, which is intended to rein in the abuses under Section 215 of the Patriot Act. Why don't we just get rid of the Patriot Act? Let's not fart around with just with with tweaking it. It's wrong, illegal, unlawful, unconstitutional. Get rid of it. But at least this guy has changed his opinion. He's going in the other direction. The conservative lawmaker changed his opinion due to Edward Snowden's leak. No, Edward Snowden's revealing of government documents on surveillance. 
Explaining his about face Tuesday evening during the House Rules Committee hearing on the USA Freedom Act, Burgess said that he remembered being told by officials that Section 215 of the Patriot Act would only be used to collect data on terrorists calling other terrorists in foreign countries. With the Snowden revelation, Burgess said he found out that Section 15 had been expanded by the NSA to include every call everyone makes in this country. Why is that? Because they declared this country as an enemy combatant site. They made you an enemy combatant, a potential enemy, any way you want to look at it. They turned this into a war on Americans. Think about it. In the end, he voted against the USA Freedom Act because he said it wouldn't be enough to rein in the NSA and protect the privacy of the American people. Instead, Burgess supports letting Section 215 of the Patriot Act expire, yes, along with Justin Amash, Rand Paul, and a few other civil libertarians in Congress. Good for him. We've got to get rid of that whole thing. Take the stand, folks. Encourage these people to take the stronger stand. The USA Patriot Act must be repealed. And then we can start working on some of the other ones, like uh, the 17th Amendment and the 16th Amendment. And we get to the 14th Amendment. Make me really happy. Okay. You've been hearing about Jade Helm. We better be looking at this. You better be watching it. It's happening. It's going to happen. And the potential is great for things that uh, we don't really want to see happen, happen. Big Spring. Military officials have negotiated contracts with local ranchers to conduct Jade Helm training on their property, according to Big Spring Mayor Larry McClellan. However, he said residents will not be, quote, forced out of their homes, unquote, Wow. to accommodate troops during the large-scale military exercise scheduled to run July 15 through July through September 15. Your tax dollars at work, folks. McClellan has no details about the contract supposedly offered to Big Spring homeowners. Military officials were not available. Hmm, I'm stunned to answer questions about how many ranchers were being displaced or inconvenienced due to Jade Helm and how much they would receive in compensation. Jade Helm operations planners previously confirmed training will only be conducted on private and public land with the permission of landowners or regional authorities. Gee, I'm so glad that they've restricted it to only public or private. What else is there? <laughs> Jeez. One lifelong Big Spring resident told News West 9 he would not accept any amount of money to surrender his home to troops. Uh-oh, he's a bad boy. I support our troops, but they're trying to take over us as, as civilians. That ain't cool. Those are their homes. That's where they live. Um, McClellan, the mayor, told the residents they could anticipate hearing more airplane traffic, but no other major changes. Well, I guess we'll see. Uh, McClellan confirmed Jade Helm personnel would be purchasing groceries. Ah, so there's going to be an influx of government money into the area. Well, 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 well. Geez, what a surprise. Hmm. But nobody got paid off to do this. It just kind of happens that way. Okay. Pay attention, people. Pay attention, folks. This is not... Every time there's been one of these training exercises, there's been a major incident. You understand that? Please pay attention. We have it on very good research that it's not just seven states. There is at least 40 states involved in this Jade Helm actions. Pay attention. Those Walmart centers that have been closed down. Many of them seem, there's only, uh, whatever, there is seven of them, something that seemed to have surprisingly, coincidentally shut down all at the same time, and all for plumbing issues. Hmm. Seems very interesting that uh, 
a couple of them seem to be being filled up with military vehicles on the I mean it's just convenience right there's a huge parking lot and uh, already has its own surveillance and uh, security so it's just just convenient and coincidental that these places are suddenly available for storage and uh, staging area very interesting with that what you will <clears throat> but um, that's where it is uh, this I want to get into just a little bit we're going to go down this this I want to put this right into uh, the chat room we need to have this discussion folks whether no matter as we started in the beginning as we started in the beginning there we go um, from red flag news what are we going to do for our neighbors and what's going to happen in different scenarios? We need to talk about different scenarios. You know, if the grid goes down, for whatever reason, a grid can go down for whatever reason you want. I mean, you can, you can do it as a cataclysmic event. There's an earthquake. And Maine actually is very... Um, geologically active we don't have huge earthquakes but just thousands of little tremors as the earth moves under our feet no, I won't do it I'm not going to do that as the earth moves under our feet just a little bit in Maine we don't get the big rockers like they get out in the left coast but this is very geologically active so it's certainly possible for a grid event to take place in most of the Northeast. Or you could be talking about an electromagnetic pulse either from a nuclear exchange or the, the solar flare events um, also have the same effect. So whether you want to do the conspiracy thing or not, we need to be having the dis this discussion of if the grid goes down, if things happen, how are we going to work together? This is just a safety issue. How are we going to communicate? Um, how are you going to flush the toilet? Um, how are you going to get your weather report? Come on, think about some of those really simple things. You know, do you have a do you have a razor to shave with? Or are you going to quit shaving? You know, simple. Keep it keep it simple. Where's your water going to come from? You got a well? Well, I got a generator. Well, what happens when the generator doesn't work because you can't pump gas out of the tank at your convenience store because they don't have any electricity and they run out of gas in their generator before they got it pumped out of their tanks. You know, whatever, whatever the scenario, think about it. We are extremely, even even some of us that are off-grid are still very dependent on the system and the grid. So we need to have this discussion, and that discussion will always veer off into one or more of the other scenarios that could bring this on. Um, the threat of an EMP on this country is a very well-documented one. It's been written about in the past over and over and over and over. Um, trying to quote from some of this stuff. An electromagnetic pulse can range from a minor inconvenience to a civilization-killing event. It just depends on how powerful it is. But the worst-case scenario, we could be facing a situation where our electrical grids have been fried. There is no heat. Our computers don't work. The Internet doesn't work. Cell phone doesn't work. My wife will be ecstatic. There are no more bank records. Nobody can use credit cards. Oh, my goodness. What a crisis. Hospitals will not be able to function. When's the last time you're in a hospital? Everything's computerized. They don't even, they don't even know how to do these, the, the medical drips. They're all, they all go through a digital processor pump. Without that pump, 
with that very, very specific dosage meter, they're not going to be able to do that. Most of these, most of these nurses and medical people, especially the young ones, they don't know how to do this stuff by hand. They don't know how to get all these things going at the right dosages. They've got this magic, little magic box that does that. Just this, this is one little thing. You can be able to pump gas. Supermarkets won't operate because there's no power. If there's no power, there's no refrigeration. Even if they have their own power, they're not going to be able to connect to the Internet. So even if they're keeping their stuff fresh, keeping it from decaying, the truck's not going to run to bring more, so when that's gone, it's gone. But they're not going to know how. It, I, just, just the simplest thing. They're not even going to know how to make change. Think about that. I know a bunch of you are chuckling about that. You go to a store, and it's it's funny, sad, pathetic that 90-something percent of cashiers can't make change if the computer that they're working at doesn't tell them what to give you for change. They never count back the change to prove that they did it right to the customer they hand them some change and a receipt. Thanks. Have a good one. Really? Really? <laughs> Supermarkets won't even be able to, even if they have their own power and doing everything right and very careful, they won't be able to take plastic. They won't be able to, to complete a, a transaction. And uh, in the Natural Living Center, uh, I'm good friends with the owner, and he was telling me a few months ago the progression over their 38 years of being in business. Originally, almost all transactions were cash. Eh, a few checks here and there, mostly cash. And then they started doing credit cards. And then debit cards came along. And those were just kind of a minor annoyance, and you had to have electronics and blah, 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 blah. And, but today, there's almost no checks and almost no cash. Less than 10% of a day's transactions will be cash. Somewhere around 10 to 15% will be in checks. The rest is all credit cards, debit cards. It all goes through the grid. It all goes down the digital pipeline. They won't be able to do that. So, just some interesting stuff. Uh, without getting into all the details, I want to go down and there's seven items here. We'll go through those at least to some extent just because it's Food for thought. This is not an end-all. This is not an in-depth study in any, any way. But just some food for thought. Use your cash. In the first few days after an EMP strike or catastrophic event, there'll still be value in your cash. Take all of your cash. All. And that radio flyer wagging your kids have and walk, because your car's not going to run unless you've got an old junker like mine. <coughs> Take your little flyer wagon, red wagon, and go down to the corner store. Avoid the big retail stores. I suggest finding the corner gas station or local drugstore. The owner of the store will no doubt be there. Concerned that the items in the store are unprotected, no security, no locks. During the power outage, he's going to be waiting for the power to come back on. You know, because you have been paying attention, that the power is not coming back on. The power may never come back on. So you have an advantage. Explain to the owner that you're in need of some supplies. Can pay cash and do not require change. <clears throat> Tell him or her that you will give them some extra cash to allow you to shop for a few minutes. Load up your wagon with anything you can find, including medications, candy bars, water bottles, Pop-Tarts, lighters, hand sanitizers, etc., etc. Of course, 
you should be well-stocked at home, but you might as well get rid of your worthless paper money in exchange for any amount of extra supplies you can get your hands on. In a week or less, most stores will be completely looted, so you need to take advantage of this moment properly. Give the gentleman something in exchange he believes will be valuable later, and it's up to him to decide whether he wants to take your bolding green paper, which is essentially worthless, the second after the grid goes down. Um, hopefully you have water already stored. But if you don't, fill the tubs. A down grid means that fresh water will stop flowing if you are in any municipal setting or do not have good generation or hand pumping at your home. Fill up your tubs as soon as you can. The extra 100 or so gallons will be invaluable. If you're concerned about the quality of the water, remember you can add eight drops of Clorox per gallon to help purify what you have in the tub. Ah, so having a couple gallons of Clorox bleach might not be a bad idea. The next step is absolutely critical. You have to get out and talk to your close neighbors. Explain to them what's going on. They will be in denial for the most part. Hopefully you have copies of the EMP report printed off, which you can distribute as you go door to door. This is about helping and doing that Christian thing that Franklin was talking about. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. Get your butt out there and try to help your neighbors. We're going to need to stick together. Explain to them what's going on. Time is critical. Additionally, mention to them the following. Discuss a neighborhood watch. Hello? It's going to be two groups of people in this kind of event. There's the ones that are prepared and the ones that didn't. The ones that are prepared will have, and the ones that didn't won't have. The ones that didn't are either going to be fall into one or two categories. They're either going to be the needers that we have to help or the takers that we have to stop. That's the way it's going to be. There's no way to sugarcoat that. There's only going to be a couple of categories, and everybody's going to fall into one of those two categories. Think about it. Prepare for it. It's essential that you define your neighborhood's boundaries, set up a neighborhood watch of sorts, assigning people to different shifts. We're going to have to go back, and a lot of us old vets are going to have to understand, people are going to have to understand how to organize for security. Offer to hold a meeting. Set a time when you have a meeting at your home. Say, every day after sunrise in your garage. Tell them you're in, they are invited. And every day you'll be there passing out information. At first, you might not have anyone attend those meetings. In a few days, there'll be a handful. In a week, you're going to have 50 or more people scared, tired, hungry, looking for answers. If you're going to assume the role of leader, be prepared to do that. Tell them to use their cash. Much like you should have already done, tell them that their cash will be worthless. It will already be gone by then. Most people have no cash on hand. Not a real issue. Everything's on plastic, which will not work, which will cease to exist. Tell them to inventory their supplies. Most people have three to five days on hand in their home. You should mention they need to start rationing what they have, take inventory of everything else. Caution. Skills. They've lost these skills. Wow. Hopefully you have at least a year's supply of food for your family. If not, more. Start rationing immediately because more than likely you'll be sharing food with your neighbors and family. It will be unavoidable. You will need their help to survive as a community, and there is absolutely no way they will starve while watching you and your family live high on the hog. This doesn't mean you cannot oversee how some rations are distributed or seek out other sources. Remember, nobody gets through this when a poopy hits the fan alone. We're going to need each other. And start preparing. We don't have a whole lot of time. 
to prepare. That just mean to not talking about going into the bunker and pulling the doors closed. It's talking about being prepared. Actually, it's really talking about going back to the way we used to live, especially before my time in Aroostook County, when there wasn't good communications, when there weren't trucks and trains that came on a day-to-day basis. Remember, we used to take care of ourselves. We can do it again. I really fear for family, friends who live in strict urban areas. Oh, my word. It's going to be a nightmare. Just the slightest. We've seen it happen a couple times on small scales. Look what happens when when the, the, the grid goes down for a hurricane or when the, when the power went out in the northeast. Oh, my word, everybody was in panic. There was only half for a few hours. Wow, think about that. But the people in Maine in the ice storm, there were people in Maine that were without power for just shy of four weeks. A friend of mine was actually without power for just a day or two short of four weeks. And they survived. We did it. That would not be the case in Manhattan or Boston or in Portland, for that matter. So think about it. Consider where you're going to dispose of human waste. It might be a good time to start digging that pit. Also consider where you will dispose of your trash, if you will bury it or burn it. Remember, the trash man's not coming on Sunday or Saturday or Wednesday. And uh, your toilets are not going to flush. Listen, pay attention. Prior to the EMP strike, you had a small solar hand-cranked weather radio secured in an old microwave in the basement. Guess what? It might still work. You should monitor NOAA weather throughout the day in case there is information being published or broadcast that uh, is still being broadcast. I don't think that's going to happen. Maybe the strike only covered 500 square miles and we'll be on the way in a week, or maybe there's nothing but static. Static's not a good sign. Many of your friends are going to be pushing the button on a regular basis to see if their computer will come back online. Don't hold your breath, folks. Anyway, I think I already put this into the chat room. Uh, If you want to discuss this further, we can do that. If you want to do something like this, Let's get organized. There are These kind of things are happening as we speak, and uh, we'll talk more about them later. Uh, you also have to make sure that it's people that you know because every group is infiltrated to some extent. So I don't want to be paranoid, but you better be paranoid. Paranoia is a safety valve. Be paranoid. Okay, don't forget, folks, we got uh, Roger Eck, the Northern Maine Landman, coming right up behind us in just a minute. And as usual, we need you to support the folks that support us. Natural Living Center in Bangor, great big health food store, everything you could possibly need there, and some stuff that you should be putting away. Silver, colloidal silver, great stuff. We use ASAP silver. Got a little bit stuck away. We've got to need it. And the silver salve for infections. They just got a shipment in, I know, because I uh, talked to the producer of the stuff. And uh, that silver salve is in. And there's uh, some smaller containers, so the price is a little bit easier to deal with. By all means, if you can't get there, give me a call, and I will get it for you. Silver Pure Silver Salve, 10,000 parts per million. Amazing stuff. Give them a call at Natural Living Center, 207 990 Four six, the little stuff they will ship anywhere in the world. I've seen them ship stuff to South Africa. So, 207-990-2646, Natural Living Center in Bangor. And John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. John sells a perfect vacuum, services the rest. And you can contact him at 492-1492 in area code 207. 207-492-1492, John Caven, Countywide Vacuum. And... If you would like to order in bulk, County Co-op is your buying club for Aroostook County. We don't deliver south of Holton, but we certainly do Holton and north. So if you would like to 
avail yourself of that. It's pretty simple. $200 minimum order, and it gets delivered. County Co-op, your buying club for Aroostook County, 207-492. Ah, wrong number. 694-0721. 207-694-0721. County Co-op, your buying club for Aroostook County. Good to see you, folks. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day, and we will see you on radio. WXME AM 780, Monticello, Holton, Presque Isle. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.